apologize in advance that today's episode will probably include some ranting because today's topic has been drastically misrepresented and there are so many myths that have been propagated for marketing purposes. But today we will be setting the record straight based on actual scientific data about exercise when you have PCOS. You're listening to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of PCOS and how to repair the imbalances in your hormones naturally with a little medical help sprinkled in. Hi, I'm Ashleen Korczak, and with many years of medical and personal experience with polycystic ovarian syndrome, it is my joy to watch women reverse their PCOS as they learn to nourish their body in a whole new way. With the power of our beliefs, our mindset, and our environment, and the understanding of our genetics, we can heal at the root cause. Welcome back to the PCOS Repair Podcast, where I'm going to be setting the record straight about exercise when you have PCOS. And I will do my best not to get too heated because I can get quite passionate about this topic. So first of all, what kind of myths are out there about PCOS and exercise? Perhaps you've heard some of these. So they might be something like, You should only do gentle workouts if you have PCOS. Cardio isn't a good idea if you have PCOS. Walking and yoga are the best exercises for PCOS. High-intensity interval training, HIIT, is okay in short workouts, but be careful not to overdo it. The reason you aren't losing weight is because you're working out too hard. The reason you aren't having regular ovulatory periods is because of your exercise program. Sound familiar? Maybe you've heard some or all of these. Let me guess, though. It was probably someone who was trying to sell you a program or service. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm all for providing women with the programs and services that they need to get help. I mean, that's what I do because being a few steps ahead of someone and being able to help them is an extremely beautiful thing, but you will never hear or see me telling you false information to get you to sign up for one of my programs. What I just can't stand is using promises of not needing to sweat or telling women that their workouts are harmful to their health. Here is a better option in order to entice them to buy something. I don't know why they do it. Maybe they are just poorly informed about PCOS, or maybe they have their own issues with exercise. And there is certainly not a one size fits all way to reverse your PCOS. But spreading blanket statements and false information isn't cool. And as you can see, it just kind of really annoys me. So what is the truth about exercise and PCOS? Well, just like anything else, we can always overuse a good thing. And overexercising can lead to burnout and adrenal fatigue and be harmful to our health. But I find this is rarely the case when it comes to PCOS. And more concerning is that this topic of exercise has been made very confusing to women by influencers and hormone gurus suggesting that they should be careful how much they're exercising so as not to stress their body or increase cortisol, et cetera. And that suggestion that you need to be careful, it puts us in an inactive mode. Like we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do next. So we do nothing. There is some basis for these warnings. But let me try and paint a more clear picture of when they may be necessary. So elite athletes with extremely low body fat percentages that work out intensely many times per week for long periods of time, these women have been known to stop having periods and maybe causing some hormone disturbances. They're not concerned about it. They're after a different goal with their bodies to each their own. If they're not worried about their fertility right now, we don't need to be worried about it either. But we have seen scientifically that 
that level of aggressive exercise can have a toll on our current fertility and our hormone health. And so we warn women about exercising too much, but that is a very small percentage of women. The other situation where caution might need to be advised is for the very type A driven woman who approaches exercise in an overly aggressive manner. Now, not every type A woman approaches exercise in an aggressive manner. In fact, many type A women have everything in their life under control except for exercise and that they're not doing it. And they feel like they have control over everything, but they don't have the motivation. They don't have the self-discipline when it comes to exercise. So definitely not all type A women have this problem, but there are type A women who attack exercise very aggressively with a determination to overcome weight struggles, to be super fit, and even as a means of coping with other areas of their life. Approaching exercise this way without any regard for how their body is responding to it can be harmful. And it can be another cause of stress instead of a relief from it. All right. So these are the extremes and definitely not the norm. Most women find that it's hard to find time to work out. They don't feel like they have the energy. And when it starts to hurt, they ease up instead of pushing through to the end of their workout. As you can see for the average woman, these warnings are not necessary and simply encouraging regular exercise, listening to how your body's responding would be much better advice. That said, understanding your primary PCOS root cause is always very important. And if you are having a stress response, it is worth looking at how is exercise fitting into that because your PCOS root cause can provide a lot of great insight into what exercise routines may benefit your PCOS, as well as how to adjust your lifestyle bubble in order to help your body thrive instead of working against it. And as always, you can take the PCOS root cause quiz to learn more about this. And I will link it up in the show notes below. Okay. So how does exercise benefit PCOS? Exercise can help to balance blood sugar, decrease inflammation, manage stress, maintain healthy hormone balances. As you can see, exercise pertains to every single PCOS root cause. So it is definitely important to include movement as part of your natural healing for your PCOS. So while there may be a few cases of too much exercise being a problem, feeling restricted and fearful is far worse. The concern of doing something wrong paralyzes us to take action. And without getting started, we can't discover what is or isn't working for our bodies and we can't adjust and make proper improvement. And that is the key. It has to work for your body, not somebody else's body, not following someone else's program or method. And this is why my programs really don't tell you exactly what to do. They give you examples, but ultimately we focus on listening and learning for yourself and taking your own feedback and learning how to interpret that so that it works for you. It's about discovering, trying, taking action, tweaking, adjusting, making it better and working with your body. I can tell you what has worked for me. I can tell you what has worked for other women as inspiration or to help you get ideas. But what we really need to look at is what is happening in your body so that we can address it where it needs help. So sadly, these blanket statements that only apply to 10% of women with PCOS who are currently in active burnout are being applied to 90 plus percent of women with PCOS who would greatly benefit from adding exercise to their PCOS healing plan, but they're not sure what to do about it. So where does that leave you? 
what practical actions can you take to improve your PCOS balance with exercise? Okay, so first of all, just start with the habit of movement. This is basically just a dedicated amount of time each day that you commit to moving your body five to 10 minutes or even a half an hour, start realistically. Don't commit to too much time that you're not gonna be able to fit in and really do it. Second, make it count. Build some muscle, get that blood moving. Ideally, break a sweat, even if it's a small sweat. Just get your body to heat up a little bit and get it moving because it's going to make your brain feel better. It's going to make your muscles feel better. And even if it's only for 10 minutes a day, make it count. Step three, push yourself a little bit more every time as you listen to your body. A little invigorating discomfort is just your body growing in its capacity of strength and movement. So don't be scared by a little bit of pain. So the question I get asked a lot and you'll see posts all over social media about this, about what is the best exercise for PCOS? So I can't answer that question because there is not one. It is completely different for every person and every situation, and it changes as that person's fitness improves or lessens. So it's completely not static, and there's definitely not one size fits all when it comes to this. But I can tell you what has worked best for me and what has not worked for me over the last 20 plus years of me trying to stay healthy and fit and feeling good in my body. So I started exercising and being aware of the need to exercise when I was in high school. And one of the times where it really started to click that this is like amazing for my body was on swim team. I was on an intermediate level of a high school swim team, and we were swimming about an hour and a half, three to four times a week. And it was hardcore swimming. We were sharing lanes and there was people behind you, like right on your heels. And they were basically going to swim right over the top of you if you didn't swim fast enough. And so you swam hard for an hour and a half and it was fun. I loved swimming. It felt amazing. I enjoyed the people I was with. I enjoyed my coach. It was just like this quiet in the water, nobody talking to you, like just let down of all things from life. And I loved it. Over a few weeks and months, the, the transformation in my health, the way my posture was, the confidence in my body, just like the way my clothes fit better. My goal was not weight loss. My goal was not really anything other than just being healthy. And it was just amazing. And it was one of the first times looking back that I just felt good in my body. And prior to that, I had not. So the contrast just felt amazing. Around that same time, um, my dad was trying to also lose some weight and we were both trying to kind of just focus on health and fitness. And so we started running together somewhere like in a mile and a half to two miles, maybe every once in a while, three, if we were feeling really motivated when he would get home from work. And it really wasn't about going crazy. It was about connecting with each other and like having the special time where I, I got to talk to my dad as a high school student. And he really enjoyed that. And we both had this kind of feeling where the other person wasn't going to do this if we didn't go and we were doing it for them. And it was probably one of the first times where it really felt like exercise was beyond me. It wasn't just me doing it for me. And that had a big impact on just the meaning behind exercise as compared to just, I need to do this. So then in college kind of fell into the, I had had some pretty good fitness in high school and as college got busy and time with friends and, and studies, I definitely had periods of time where I was not working out hardly at all. And yet I would then also take times where I would push myself really hard as if 
I hadn't taken any time off and uh, definitely had some injuries, a lot more dislike of exercise. It became more of a chore every once in a while. I still liked it, but it was definitely a lot more hit and miss and brought up a lot of the negative patterns that people can fall into with exercise. That was definitely not a time where I felt amazing about my exercise routine. I was young, overall, fairly healthy, and I could push through to maintain a level of fitness that I was trying to maintain. But at the same time, I wasn't doing it in a very productive or healthy way. At the time, I probably wasn't super aware of that, but looking back, definitely not my best moment when it came to fitness. However, I had a really good friend throughout college that got me into weightlifting. And it was the first time I'd ever lifted a weight and known what I was doing with it. And he was very knowledgeable on the topic and knew how to tailor workouts to different body types and different genders and goals. And he put together some really nice workouts and my girlfriends and I would get down there regularly, hang out with friends. It was a fun group activity and it brought back some of the fun and excitement about actually seeing some really good results with a fairly minimal amount of effort putting in, but just having it be nice and focused. And that kind of got me back into just, you know, being a little bit more moderate with my exercise, but consistent. And that carried on through my twenties until about the time that we were about ready to try to start having kids. And at that point I was busy. I had gotten my master's and I was commuting in LA traffic and I was busy working as a PA full-time and I was not necessarily skipping workouts, but I wasn't focused on the workout. And so if you remember, if you had listened back to episode six, when I talked about my PCOS success story and getting pregnant, I had this four month wait to see the infertility specialist. And I had not been exercising very much up to that point because of the age old, like, be careful how much you exercise. If you're trying to get pregnant, since I was struggling to get pregnant, I was hesitant to really push the exercise because I'd heard that that could make it harder to get pregnant. So Um, I had this four month wait. So I'm like, you know what, what the heck I am going to get super healthy. I'm not worried about a specific weight or anything, but I'm just going to focus on my health. My mental health is going to be better. If I exercise, my physical health is going to be better if I exercise. And if I'm heading into infertility treatments, I need to be at my best. So my husband and I started running sprints at night when we get home from work. And it was something like we would warm up for a half a mile down to the spot that we ran sprints. We would do quarter mile sprints. I think we did four of them, like they're back, they're back. And then we did the half a mile jog home. So it was like two miles of running, but we would sprint all out for the quarter mile. And it was amazing. I was super slow. And over the course of those four months, I got pretty fast and I really noticed the change in my fitness level, my ability, my performance, my cardiovascular health. Like it's amazing how quickly we can go from pretty much nothing to doing pretty good. And it's super exciting to see that transition in ourselves. And and it's personal. Like it's not something that you have to be comparing to anyone else, but in yourself, when you think back like where you were a month ago and all of a sudden where you're at today, it's pretty exciting. So then after each baby, I did different things. After baby number two, I started walk running. So I had an amazing double jogger. Both my babies woke up early and I would stick them in the jogger and we'd go out on these lovely spring morning runs. I called them runs, but they were really more of a walk with a really slow jog at the beginning for about a mile. And it's amazing how over about a month of doing that, all of a sudden I was running about two miles, pushing the stroller at a pretty good clip. And I was able to join 
friends without the stroller. I was able to go enjoy some of my girlfriends running up to five miles and like actually keeping up with people. And at this point, my husband and I are like, Hey, we should just like, you know, train for a half marathon, which I ran when my daughter was uh, six months old and got one of my best times on a half marathon. And it's amazing how quickly your body just kind of kicks into gear. And so this kind of leads me to some of the takeaways of when it comes to exercise, like what is it that it should feel like? Cause when we think, okay, don't exercise too hard. What is the best type of exercise? And here I've given you some examples of how it has fit into my life, but what is it really that we're looking for? Okay. First of all, when I get started, it's hard. So any of these times where I got back into it, started something new, even when I was on the swim team and started running with my dad, the running was hard. It starts out hard and that's normal. And it's not a sign that you're overdoing it, but it is a sign that you need to give yourself some grace, take it slow and steady. Don't try to go from couch potato mode to elite athlete mode overnight. That would be overdoing it and not good for your health, but take it slow and don't compare yourself to where you used to be. Okay. So even if you've been like super fit in the past, Like um, a good example for that for me was after my second baby was born, like I couldn't even run a mile. And if I was comparing myself to where I'd been in the past, that would be super depressing. But if I compared myself to where I was two weeks ago, I was doing really good. The fact that I was out there was a win. And so changing that mindset is huge. Everyone has to ramp up each time. Just because you've been there before doesn't mean you can just jump back to it. So Again, stop comparing yourself to other people. And this is where, you know, someone else's program may or may not be right for you. Like when you look at a workout program, it may need to be scaled back. And so, you know, I try to look at workout programs as kind of starting out intermediate, more advanced, and it's more of, are you putting the time in? Are you creating that movement habit that I mentioned earlier? And then second, I feel my best about two months in. So it takes a little while. There's kind of a hurdle at about two months in everything seems to start kicking in. My body's responding. Well, I'm feeling in my stride. I mean, there's always the motivation piece of like, I may not feel like getting up in the morning and working out, but when I get out there and work out, my body's responding. I can push myself. It's exciting. I'm seeing the results. And typically that takes about two months. And so give yourself some patience while you get to that two month mark or whatever it is for you. Everyone's a little different with that. And then you know, listen to your body because when I listen to my body, instead of my excuses, that's when I have the best energy. So I may say like, oh my gosh, it's four in the afternoon. I said, I was going to go for like a walk or a run, or I was going to do something. And like, I am tired. I feel like I just need to go like lay down, kind of feel like I need an afternoon coffee. <laughs> and instead remembering that, you know, I have my best energy when I get my workouts in. I have my best sleep. When I get my workouts in, I have less symptoms. I have less headaches. I have better cycles. I have better moods. I fit my clothes more comfortably. I just feel better in my body. And so right now when I don't feel very good and I don't want to go work out, it is the workout that I need to feel better. And the more we realize that by doing it and having that kind of feedback, the easier it gets to remind ourselves when we don't feel like doing it. And just like everyone else, like change it up. I lose interest. You guys, I get in ruts, I peter out, and then I have to get back into it. And so when you need to change it up, keep it interesting for you again, listen to it, what it is that you need from your workouts. So in closing today, 
What I really want you to take away from this episode is how amazing exercise is for PCOS, how it is a huge gift to yourself to feel better, to feel stronger, to have more energy, and that it can take a little bit of time to get over that hump. So be patient with yourself, but stick with it. That there is not a best exercise and that you can choose what works best for you, what you enjoy the most at any given time. And I have worked with women who like find it hard just to walk up a flight of stairs and they're like, I can't exercise. I can't even like, I feel so heavy in my body. I can't exercise. And sometimes it's just a matter of starting really, really slow. Maybe it's walking around the block every day and doing it with a mindset of, I'm just going to enjoy the fresh air. And then when I get done, I'm going to be super proud of myself. I'm going to be proud of my legs. I'm going to be proud of my body for carrying me around and letting me just get my blood moving and feeling better. And there's no judgment and that I only went around the block because there is no only like it's so much more than I did last week. And that's amazing. And ultimately remember to tune in to how you are feeling and let your body guide you to your best PCOS workouts. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button on your favorite listening platform so that you don't miss the next episode. Next week's topic is how to lose weight when you have PCOS. And I will let you in on a little secret before I end for today. It goes way beyond eating less calories than you burn. So until then, bye for now. Did you know that studies of PCOS epigenetics have shown that our environment can either worsen or completely reverse our PCOS symptoms. I believe that although PCOS makes us sensitive to our environment, it also makes us powerful. When we learn what our body needs and commit to providing those needs, not only do we gain back our health, but we grow in power just by showing up for ourselves. This is why I've created a guide for you to get started. My PCOS fertility meal guide can be found in the show notes below. I want to show you how to create an environment that promotes healing while still being able to live a life that you enjoy. This guide is completely free, so go get your copy now so that you can step into the vision that you have for your life and for your health.